from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I want to be famous to my kids. I don't, you know, if other people hear about it, great, but I want to do something fascinating. So when I'm old, the, you know, the kids, Dad, you remember the time? Like, oh yeah. I got a whole playbook of random madness. Have you done random madness before this? Some sort of quest? And is that a good thing? It helps you get in that mindful place? Sometimes, but more or less, I'm just like, all right, we're riding. I got to make sure I don't fall off as much as my dad does. <laughs> I'm Sarah Fenske. Two summers ago, Hogan and Corvin Hake set off on a very unusual journey. The St. Louis-based father-son duo wanted to cycle in all 48 states in the continental U.S. before Corvin graduated high school. And not just any cycling, unicycling. They wanted to ride their one-wheeled bikes in each state for at least one hour. On Sunday, they completed their mission on a sweltering summer day in St. Louis, and they join us today to discuss what they saw, what they learned, and maybe even where they crashed. So, Hogan Hake, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. And Corbin Hake, welcome. Hey. So, Hogan, in some ways, this all started back in 2006. That's when you got a unicycle. Had you ever rode one at that point? No, never. What made you want to get a unicycle? I remember back in high school wanting to ride one and never did. And I had one of those days at work in 2006 that was just bad. So I typed in unicycle.com and magically this beautiful website came up and credit card came out. And next thing you know, here's a box. And so the box arrived. Uh, Was it hard to learn how to ride the thing in the box? Yes. It took me two years to learn to ride and hiding in the basement, hanging on the rafters, falling. Hanging on the rafters. Is that a technique they recommend for learning how to ride? Oh, okay. (laughs) This is just things went awry. Yes. So two years, you finally learned. Corbin, I'm, I'm curious for you. What was your unicycle story? So I... Wanted to unicycle to school in sixth grade because sixth grade was pretty close to home and it wouldn't be super hard, wouldn't be like a ma- major distance. And I never did because I didn't really want to put the time to it because it's, you know, it's not something you want to do. You just, you have an urge not to do it for some reason. But I finally did around the seventh grade. It took me about two weeks of daily practice. Just two weeks. It took your dad two years. It took you two weeks. Yeah, well, he knew how to get on. So it, with him knowing what to do, his guidance was significantly better. Hogan, is that kind of the key? Like you kind of have to figure out how to get started. Yes. Well, once you get your balance, kind of like a bike, it's fairly easy. It's just getting up the first time is, is hard. Is that where the rafters come in? Like you want to be hanging down from something? No, you really want to be like at a somewhere with a really long fence, like a, a baseball diamond or something, and you can lean against one side until you slowly work your way to not needing it. And Corbin, you got this all in two weeks. Maybe being young also helped. Was it maybe less painful to fall for you? Um, I would always land on my legs, thankfully, so that (laughs) made it easy. But yeah, I think being younger and more nimble probably assisted me. That's a, that's a polite way to say it. But yes. yeah, I mean, I, I get it. He is more nimble, right? So you must have been just ready to burst your button seeing your son pick up this thing that for, at that point, it had become a hobby for you. Yes. And so he's doing this. So you ended up doing this going to school then, Corvin? Uh, yeah, I rode to school. 
a number of times in the seventh and eighth grade. And what kind of reaction did you get? Um, I think I got a couple honks. Once <laughs> one of my dad's friends from high school and coworkers saw me driving and laid the horn a little longer than everyone else. And I just, you know, little little bits here and there. And at that point where somebody's just laying on the horn, I feel like if I'm just on a normal bicycle and somebody honks at me, I'm so startled. I often end up falling off. I mean, was this the start of a tumble? Not usually because I have pretty good focus. And I, I'd experienced it a couple of times and was shocked. And I'd learned if there's no one directly in front of me or directly behind me on the sidewalk, I don't need to worry. Hmm. So you can just go with it. Yeah. So we want to mention, it's not just that you know how to ride a unicycle. You can ride a kind of unicycle called a giraffe. People have to see this to believe it. You can see this on our Twitter page. That's at STL on air. Um, we also have a video of Corvin doing this on our Instagram. Um, that's the same handle, at STL on air. Tell us about the giraffe unicycle. So I had been riding normal unicycles, like, you know, normal. I'll call them ground level because they're significantly less scary. Uh, for a couple of years, and I had seen, I had seen my dad's giraffe when he had one, and then he sold it. And I was curious to try one, and I'd been riding. I was like, Dad, we should, you know, get one. And so I looked into getting one, and we drove two hours to, like, Decatur, Illinois, to get one. And I can't get on by myself, but once I'm up, and I get over the fact that I'm taller than most cars, I can get riding. And so this is like you're five feet in the air. Yeah, I'm sitting five feet up. And so how how tall does that make you? I mean, can you clear a bridge when you're on this thing? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm probably, I don't know, eight or nine feet. I might be overestimating my height here. Okay, but he looks really tall. I mean, this video is <laughs> terrifying. Hogan, yeah. as a dad, does it freak you out to watch your son on the giraffe? A little bit, yeah. Even though it sounds like you did this yourself for a while. I tried. The, the very first time I tried to ride a giraffe... I got two steps up, started to fall, stepped down and ripped out the crotch of my pants. And yeah, it was, thank goodness I was home to go change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't recommend the giraffe to just anybody. No. But you've now got this down. Well, only the riding aspect. The, The getting up part I still use a lot of assistance for. And so how does one do that? So what my dad told me to do, and I mean, it works with assistance, is you're gonna step on the wheel with one foot, like, and then wedge it there so the wheel doesn't roll backwards on you. And then you step onto one of the pedals and then jump up with your leg that's on the tire onto the other wheel or onto the other pedal while putting the seat beneath you to start riding. You know, I don't know who I'm kidding. Like, why am I asking about the logistics of this? I am never going to ride a giraffe. Uh, This is terrifying, but it's super impressive. I got to say, people really need to check out this video. What's even more impressive is you guys didn't want to just keep riding around the same parks and and streets that you know. You decided to unicycle in all 48 states. I got to ask, whose idea was this? It was mine. Okay, so Hogan, uh, what's the thinking on this? I want to be famous to my kids. I don't, you know, if other people hear about it, great, but I want to do something fascinating. So when I'm old, the, you know, the kids, dad, you remember the time? Like, oh yeah, I got a whole playbook of random madness. Have you done random madness before this? Some sort of quest that, that resembles this in some I, way? I do lots of crazy stuff. Um, my coworkers know me as the guy that's unicycled to work in a clown costume on Halloween. <laughs> Twice. A okay, bear costume once. Yeah, that'll that'll earn you fame among your coworkers. 
yeah, so I like to have fun everywhere I go. So that's, that is impressive. I don't know many people who can say they've done that, but there's a big step to go from that to saying, I'm going to do this in all 48 states. Did you look into the logistics before you set out on this quest? Not at all. Um, I was at a, a talk, and someone was talking about visiting all the states, and, and the thing always comes up is, what, how would you define how many states you've been to? Like, when do you say, I've been to North Dakota? And the guy that was talking about it, his specific example was, if I've slept in the state, it counts. Mm-hmm. And he said, he f- Alaska was his last date. He flew to Alaska, slept in the airport hotel, and went home. And that just seems wrong to me. Yeah, that shouldn't count. Yeah, so... I just said, like, I, I, want, I like unicycling, I like traveling, I want to be famous to him. So we set out to do this journey together and say we've been and interacted with each state. And Corvin, you're in high school. Some high school kids would relish the idea of a quest. Other high school kids would say, I don't know if I want to hang out with my dad quite that much. What camp did you fall in? I started out with the, this is going to be a ton of driving, and I don't know if I can spend all that time with my dad. And... At first, it was a family vacation where we visited our first trip, and then our second trip, two months later, was just the two of us, and that was eight to ten hours of driving for six or seven days, and we didn't really run out of conversation material, so it was, it, it changed to, this is good fun with my dad. So that gave you more faith in the venture? Yeah. Is it safe to say if that first real trip after the vacation trip hadn't gone well that you might have just let that whole quest fall by the wayside? I mean, I didn't really put a ton of effort into, into like, planning where we'd go. It'd be, like, my dad was, like, hey, like, we have, like, more vacations and, like, your school is off for a week. Like, let's do this. And I'd be, like, all right, I'll – I guess I'll do this because you're bugging me constantly. <laughs> I love the father-son relationship here. So, Hogan, it sounds like you're the planner. You put together these trips. Yeah, I wanted it the most, so I made it happen. And so how did you figure out, okay, I want to touch – foot in Iowa. Here's a, here's where I should go in Iowa to unicycle. So it, a lot of it was just Google Maps. Um, we would say we wanted to accomplish these states and I'd look at the map and look for green stuff that, that might be interesting or a park. And we learned on our second big trip that just going over the border is not enough. So we flew to Spokane, Washington, and we drove down to Oregon, and we unicycled on a 60-mile-an-hour highway with about a one-foot shoulder. Wait, what? Why? Because that was what we picked, and we had some reservations later in the trip, so we... You kind of had, had to t- hit Oregon yeah. fast. Oh, it, so everyone's like, Oregon's the most beautiful state, and it is hands down our worst state. It, it was. I see Corbin nodding. This, oh, sounds, it, this sounds terrifying. It was It was terrifying. Fun. And, and I got to ask, I mean, you have a mom. How did your mom <laughs> feel about this? I don't know when she figured it out. I don't think we, I don't, I never remember telling her. I think it might have been yeah. after we got home. We walked some blind corners where it's like, there's no way we can ride this. We have to just time it when it's safe. Yeah, I mean, this is terrifying. But I guess the good news coming out of this Oregon highway experience is it sounds like you realized this was a cautionary tale. You didn't want to do it that way again. Right. We learned to plan. Um, I would do a lot of like a Google search to say like the best bicycle paths in X state. And we did a lot more rails to trails and and different uh, like Great Rivers Greenways has got amazing stuff in town. So trying to find organizations like that locally that could give us a great choice for riding. So this seems smart. Like you figured this out after that. So Oregon was the worst. It remained the worst. 
hands what, down. What it ended up being the best? Corbin? So for me, for me, the best date was probably Spokane, Washington. So hmm. in the early morning, we rode Oregon, the worst. And then later in the day, we rode Washington, which was my favorite because it was like a really, it was a really large park that we went to. And it had like a waterfall. It had large suspension bridges. It had, it had a, lo- a lot of scenery and it was just. I think it might have been the contrast to Oregon that made it so great. Mm-hmm. And pre-COVID, there were people around. Um, one of the things we love is interacting with people when we ride because people see the unicycles and some people stop and ask us questions. Sometimes we target someone and go talk to them. But we had this um, rather inebriated lady who uh, was interested. And so we helped her ride the unicycle and I barely caught her before she face planted. It was, it was pretty exciting. <laughs> Man, I was asking about your mother before. Maybe I should have asked about your lawyer. Like, is there some liability here with helping drunk people up on on unicycles? But, I mean, that does sound like such a memorable day. Oh, it was wonderful. We're talking today to Hogan Hake and Corbin Hake. They're a father and son duo who uh, are based in St. Louis. They have now unicycled in all 48 states of the continental U.S. You can read about their journey at snorky.com. That's S-N-O-R-K-I-E.com. Just some fascinating bits as they traveled the country doing this. That sounds like it was relatively early on. That was pre-COVID. How did the pandemic end up affecting these plans of, of going everywhere and seeing everything? Did it ground you initially? Initially, yes. Um, we're generally pretty quiet travelers. We like to, and because we're in a hurry, it seems like like there's limited time off. We've got to drive somewhere, unicycle, drive home in, in a three-day weekend or something. So we did end up going to a, a couple short trips where we would just hide in the hotel room, get fast food from a window, and then go ride somewhere. And mm-hmm. very minimal contact, but it, I didn't want to lose the momentum from the trip. And in some ways, Corvin, it feels like this is the perfect pandemic vacation. You're not out there in a crowd at a concert or something. You're kind of doing your own isolated thing and, and checking that state off your list. In a way, but also when you're alone, on the trails on the unicycle, it's kind of just, it's it's nice because it's like isolated, but it's also like I could be going so much faster if I was running or if I was biking or not unicycling. And is that a good thing? It helps you get in that mindful place? Sometimes, but more or less, I'm just like, all right, we're riding. I got to make sure I don't fall off as much as my dad does. <laughs> is that a, a major occupational hazard along these trails? Oh, man. Yeah. It's it's just skill and luck and and Corvin having youth um we did a 14 mile down uh down a mountain ride in Idaho was it intentionally you chose a mountainous path yes it was a a rails to trail so it was a slow grade but there were lots of trestles and uh and tunnels and when we went through some of the tunnels they're so dark and I'm constantly scanning the ground looking for how do I need to adjust my balance Corvin just rides like a boss Mm. and I wrecked a I think a couple times on that one. It just and he just doesn't matter. Hearing your pride and how well your son rides, I, I imagine this experience. You've you've come away knowing new things about him and and maybe being impressed with him in a whole different way. Always, yeah. It's it's fun to watch and and when you have something as a parent you enjoy and seeing a child take that on and and also appreciate it. Pretty amazing. Corbin, do you appreciate your dad in a different way after just all this travel and also that he did what he set out to do? You hit your 48th state. I think that my main appreciation happened once I started driving myself 
and I realized that him driving for eight, eight to ten hours in a row is actually really hard because I can get tired, pretty tired after like three to five hours, and he's doing like ten hours night after night from like seven a.m. to eleven p.m. Because you guys are squeezing this in on weekends, so you had to drive crazy. So you had new appreciation for just how much work he put into this. Mm-hmm. So you guys finished your journey. Your last two states were Illinois and then Missouri. At that point, you must have known, okay, we got this in the bag. What yes. was the last state that was more far-flung? Uh, the farthest away? Well, I mean, like before you did Illinois, there was something that probably was a bit trickier. Oh, right. So we, we did, uh, in June, we took off and did the Northeast. Okay. So we hit all of the tiny states. And, and it was interesting in comparison to the Northwest because when we flew out to Spokane, it was eight or 10 hour drive between most of the states. And there was a lot of car time and, and watching him sleep while I'm driving. Oh. But then we get to the Northeast and it's like, oh, well, it's an hour to the next state. Yeah. Oh, now we got to go ride again. <laughs> you almost got tired of the unicycling at that yeah. point. Well, and it, it rained Air, like six of the eight states in the Northeast. It was just miserable. So you get through that, you survive that, and then you came home, did Illinois, did Missouri. Um, in our final couple minutes here, what did it feel like there in Missouri? It was a hot day, but you were able to get the 48th state done. I think that because this wasn't some super high-stakes moment, it wasn't like some hurrah, like I've completed my goal. It was more like, it's really hot, I want to get home and shower because my back is covered in sweat. <laughs> was an exceptionally hot day but has that sunk in now uh that you're a couple days past it hey we did it i wish um i've sort of committed uh, i have tons of video and so i'm going to put out one video every week next year of this trip so so you have a new project oh yeah so yeah i've got to take all of that video it'd be stupid not to do something with all the pictures and video we took. So now I've, that's the, the culmination of this project is turning all of this work into weekly videos next year. And those will be posted on snorky.com? Yes. Okay, well, if people want to check out this journey, this project continues. <laughs> they have completed all 48 states, but it's not over yet. Uh, Corbin, real quick here, uh, Hogan's goal, your dad's goal, was to be famous to his kids. Do you feel like this is something you're going to be talking about for the rest of your life? Even if I'm not talking about it, I'll definitely be remembering this for a while because it's it's kind of given me a new mindset of like there's lots of large things that I can do in small increments because most of our trips were, weren't eight state ventures. We did, I think, three or four trips that went down to like like Louisiana or to uh, Florida or to Arkansas. Those were all relatively small groupings. And so they didn't have to be big like trips. They could just be like little small ones. Boy, there's a great lesson for anything in life. I feel like that's going to serve you well in college. Break it into small chunks. You can get it done. So it's great to know, even if we can't unicycle, we can learn from this trip. Uh, Corvin Hake, thank you so much for joining us today. And Hogan Hake, thank you. Of course. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. 
St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.